What is happening, everybody? Welcome to Off the Rails, a recovery podcast dedicated to ending the stigma of addiction through open discussion on all things recovery related. My name is Mark. With me today is Dave, and we got a very special guest. Dave's going to introduce him. Yeah, our next guest is uh, singer and uh, songwriter, currently on tour, performing some of his greatest hits, and also, of course, songs from his new album, Lost and Found. We have on the show here, Jake Lacoste. So, Jake, welcome. Thank you guys so much, man. I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Jake, thanks so much for joining us again, man. Um, as we mentioned to you before, we get our guests on here to kind of share their stories with addiction, with recovery. And uh, we hope that by sharing people's stories, we can help others still struggling. I love it. That's awesome. Awesome, buddy. Um, so first off, man, where are you from? I'm from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Good stuff, man. It's a city of like 70,000. It's a small college city, only an hour and a half east of the Twin Cities in Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul. So uh, we're just kind of kind of kicked over to the to the east a little bit from them. Good stuff, man. Were you born and raised there? I was born in Appleton, Wisconsin, but I was raised since two years old in Eau Claire. Yep. Okay, sweet, man. And, like, growing up, man, like, how was, uh, how was the family life? Any brothers, sisters? I am an only child. I grew up with my mother um, in a duplex, pretty much like a middle class. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents up north, Wisconsin. And um, just kind of got a little taste of the city, you know, a, a mediocre sized city and then kind of just like the middle of nowhere country. And so that's kind of the vibes that I, I drew from when I was younger. So like growing up, what were your uh, experiences with like, uh, say, being around drugs and alcohol? Like, where, was that like a common thing? Wisconsin has a really unique habit of promoting alcohol like at a level that's that's like unheard of uh and everything kind of includes alcohol i don't think when you're young you you really notice that my mom was um a workaholic and she always took care of me she always kept me in good clothes always kept me with with nice things um and that that was uh what I look back on as healthy in 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 like a uh she cared for me type of sense, but I spent a lot of time alone because she was a sole provider, so there was a lot of curiosity and a lot of uh and I think just a lot of loneliness and low self esteem that came from me being alone and different when I got around people. Because a lot of people do have one or one sibling or more. And I feel like there's just the, you search when you're an only child, you seek out these uh, brothers and sisters or your tribe or whatever you want to, you know, call it a little more, you know, you're, you're just a little more lonely um, when you're, you know, you're an only child and you only have a, one parent. Did you find that when you were younger? Did you notice that when you were younger, as far as uh, were you able to recognize that, that your mom was, was working hard to provide and the fact that, you know, she was doing that because she loved you so much or did you find it neglect, like kind of more neglecting at the time? And so you searched for that. 
like you said, kind of uh, finding that love a little bit? You know, I think um, I think a lot, and I don't mean to compare, but I think a lot of people they want to either they were some either more mature than me. I wasn't able to analyze it on that level. I don't think, you know, it's kind of like I grew up basically without my dad, but like, how can you miss a dad if you didn't have a dad type of vibe, you know, like you could see a movie, some Disney movie or something where it's like, um, actually I remember like, uh, what was it? Angels in the outfield where his dad, that was like a similar thing in that movie where his dad was kind of like not in his life and, you know, stuff like that. And, you may compare yourself to those kids as growing up, but you can't miss something that you didn't have. Like you can, I don't know. It's weird, you know? Um, but I do think that, I do think that uh, for me, I didn't analyze it. I didn't get into like the psychology of, of if I was being neglected because my mom was gone or if, you know, whatever. All I know is I, I, trusted people way too much new people that proved to you know do me wrong and I think that's been a common theme throughout my life which can only stem from like acceptance issues Jake man what age did you get like involved in in music so as far back as I can remember I had a, a very big interest in music it was just a really big thing for me. And I think that comes along with me being kind of alone a lot. But I want to say, you know, when I really realized that uh, I could like, I had a natural talent for music was around 14. I got to, do you think, do you think like, um, this could be like far out here too. This could be a stretch. Do you think like music and art kind of provides the same, like, um, like, ability to kind of escape that like drugs and alcohol do? I think if you have an addictive personality, anything can become very similar. I, I think creating, I think uh, I have a rule that I don't do anything unhealthy. You know, I eat candy bars, dude. I'm bad with, with sugar at night. Right. But like, I don't, get into any unhealthy hobbies gambling or like i don't go to the fucking casino i don't do anything that i can get addicted to and then it can ruin my life everything that i'm addicted to now is healthy skating the gym um music work uh just all the every like hobby or or work related thing i have is gonna like further my life and not bring me down you know getting into like the uh addiction that were maybe not so good for you could you kind of shed some light give us kind of cold cold notes version i guess if you want of uh kind of how that went from you know being a good time to uh not so much i guess yeah absolutely so i excuse me, I had my first bout with cocaine because cocaine was actually my, my demon. Um, I had my first bout with cocaine when I was like 20 years old. And I don't think it was, I think I went into doing drugs, experimenting with drugs. So I don't think, um, I guess everybody does, but I I guess I'm trying to explain how I meant that. Like, 
I didn't accidentally do drugs. You know what I mean? Like there was something and probably still is something in me that's, that's very broken. That's very lost. That still probably hasn't been resolved. And I always was like, since age like 15 or 16, I had started snorting pills at school that I was getting for free. I think I was a, I was a freshman sophomore and I started snorting pills at school. I started drinking and I started smoking weed all in that same year. Um, and so I was trying to run away from something for a long time. So I don't think it was ever for me fun. I think I was trying to escape in the first place. The second time I now I went through whatever I went through when I was young, the music was not a big deal to me. It, it never really became a big deal until my first really bad bout with cocaine when I was like 20 years old. And it became more than freestyling at football games. It became more than, than writing music at school. Or, you know, I mean, I guess it, they're all stepping stones to get where I was at regardless, but, and now I'm more serious than I was back then. So it, it all, it all, it's all relative to the journey. Um, but definitely age 19 is when it was no fun anymore. And like the, it was like um, some super addict uh, cocaine every day type of vibe. I even... I even dabbled with meth before that for like a few months and almost went crazy. My mother had to like pick me up and threatened. I actually was on probation at the time. She threatened to call my probation officer. Uh, it was never really fun for me. It was always an escape just to answer that and sum that up. I, I don't, I never felt gratification from getting high. Never or getting drunk. That's why I don't drink either. Even though cocaine was my core problem, drinking led to that every almost every time. So I just don't drink either. You know, it doesn't make sense for me. Yeah, I relate to that. I don't like uh I don't I don't drink either. And it's solely for that reason. I know what it'll lead to. And yeah, I used to tell I used to tell this joke, what's at the bottom of your second beer? <laughs> your coke dealer's phone number <laughs> yeah that's the truth man wow mm. yeah mm -mm. um nope. man uh so yeah after that when did you get uh when was enough enough so um my wife got pregnant around my age 21 and i somehow figured it out like I just was like fuck that shit you know it took me a break a clean break and uh the support of my wife and the idea of having a child brought me out of that shit it was like a hundred days I always preach this hundred days shit when people call to me like man how'd you do it how'd you you know everybody's always drunk when they ask you it's a pretty it's pretty ironic because I'm a fucking musician so I'm like at a show and they're drunk as fuck like how do you, how did you do it, man? And I'm not taking anything away from them, but it's like, how fucking serious are you? And I get it. I get it. But, um, 
a hundred days is usually my answer, man. If you can break from that life, those people, those everything that has to do with that shit for a hundred days and you're strong willed, I feel you may be able to revisit uh, a triggered, a triggering area. Cause for me, I perform at bars, man. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? That people, I don't say anything about not drinking when I'm doing a show because I don't want anybody to feel guilty about drinking. At the end of the day, I'm still trying to, to win in this music business, which has to do with selling alcohol nine times out of 10. So I don't knock anybody for drinking, but I do bring up cocaine every time and how, you know, that shit is trash and any other drugs, hard drugs that take you away from your family and your responsibilities and any, any moralistic compass that you had, if that is compromised, that is not the thing for you to be fucking with, you know? And, and so I just kind of preach it on that level. But um, I think we were talking about when it got greater. So I was about to have a baby and I just sobered up a hundred days I think 60 days of like shaking sweats. I remember that was really bad one. That was a bad one. And then um, everything was cool for a while, but you know, there's just, there's these things we go through in life that are so turmoil ridden. And for me, I had a lot of trauma that I had to deal with. And that resulted in me fucking up my family life over and over again uh, until now. You know, basically, I've, I've been sober three and a half years, a little over. My sober date is 1-18-2019. So I'm coming up on four years. And I understand who I really am as a man. And, like, what I stand for now makes sense. And it's a lot of work to stand for something. And I think when you're an addict, you can be a coward and you can run away from all the shit you stand for and all the morals that you fucking, you, you stood on your entire life. You know, uh, I, I definitely, I definitely am a different person, but I'm definitely dealing with a lot of shit. So I got sober and then, um, I brought a lot of trauma on to a lot of people around me for a lot of years. And then I ended up, I ended up, I've been pretty much, I was pretty much a career criminal up until like 30 years old. So like I always sold weed until I got caught selling crack, which was around the time I first got sober. Um, I was selling other shit, you know? So up until 20, basically 20 years old, I would sell anything. I didn't give a fuck if it was meth, pills, coke crack i didn't care i didn't sell heroin or shit like that but this is just how it was um and then when i had gotten caught for selling hard drugs and gotten sober i vowed to never deal with that again and i ended up selling weed this is like me delusionally thinking that like this is gonna lead to like my ultimate music career you know like you gotta pay bills too but now that I analyze it, it's like a very immature, it was a very immature thought, you know, of, of all that shit. Um, ultimately, I ended up catching a case around 
2014 and I ended up in 2000 or during the year from 2014 to 2015, I ended up relapsing and I ended up back on shit. And this time it lasted like four years or something. And then I ultimately sabotaged like my entire family. I started selling off most of my shit. I moved out of my household. Um, and I just, I just ran away from everything again and eventually realized what I had done, uh, with the support of my wife, which I don't understand why I got sober again. And this time I really decided that I'm going to be strong and I'm going to, I'm actually going to make the music happen and I'm going to do whatever I have to on the side to pay my bills and to to boss up so there goes a humongous answer to your your little question there's a lot yeah um yeah so that time in 2019 you said that's the so since then did uh did you go to treatment or anything or what were the key like key factors you mentioned the I, think, days. I personally think the whole thing kind of crashing so much crashing down around me that i built betraying people that that mean the absolute most to me. And um, I mean, there was just so much selfishness and so much just rewire, like I had been rewired so far into an addict and into like, a, I don't give a fuck about no one but me that I, um, I fucked so much up that it kind of like snapped, you know, my wife had, made me move back into the house for my children and made me move into like my studio room, you know, like you just go, whatever you got to do, but you need to be here for them because they don't understand what you're doing type of thing. And so when I did that, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like if I didn't have music at that moment, I don't know. Music became everything to me music in my fa and rebuilding every my family that was it so i fucked things up so bad that it like snapped me out of it and then the support from my wife like me being a good man meant something to her like a lot and in within that it showed me my value and then the music was just there every time I needed something to do every time I was like bored or um I remember I used to start these fights with my wife at like 6 p.m on Thursday that's when my like binge every week would start Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday sleep on Monday sleep on Tuesday wake up on Wednesday at like six start feeling normal and then the next day on Thursday so it's like 24 hours of normalness a week um, I started analyzing that I was spending like 300 days or not 300 days, like 150 days hungover or something. I'm like, damn, dude, you're just wasting your life. So there was a, there was a lot of like, like conscious thoughts and moments that led to my sobriety. It wasn't, it wasn't like a lot of like me just dreaming about doing drugs like I've never been that type you know it's more like if we get into this shit dog 
we're going to go in real deep, no matter what we do. As far as the music, your music career and kind of uh, performing, when did that start taking off? And was it tough at first uh, doing the bar scene stuff or at that point where you already? I'm still in the same, I'm still kind of at that same level. You know, I still do bar scene stuff. Um, Music is hard no matter what. I think at the level I'm at, it's all about belief. Belief that you're going to be, then get a chance. Believe that you're, you could possibly be the next one. I think it's constant work, man. It's, there's no, there's no like easy route with music and there's, there's a ton of competition, just like anything else that is lucrative, you know? Sorry, no, I was just going to give you a compliment, but I don't know if you're going to take it as a compliment though. Cause uh, one of my, I like, I like this one song with, um, with, with Florida, Georgia line and Nelly. And I, and I like, I love country. I love rap. And I would say some of the stuff you do is, is like a better version of, of that, whatever that song was with Kel, with Nelly and, and Florida George Lyon. So uh, I appreciate that. Dog. That's yeah. a great compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. Jake, we do a thing. We do top fives a lot of the time here. So I would like to know your top five influences in music. Okay. Um, Tupac. Eminem Nas for rap. I, I'm so I'm I honestly can I'm right now, Chris Cornell, Lane Staley, which is Allison Chain's lead singer. I really I'm not I dude, Jelly Roll's just Jelly Roll's got some really cool stuff right now. And I and since like I can be close enough to watch a lot of the, his moves. I'm really like, I'm really inspired by him right now. Also, but also like, I just listen to so much music. Like one of my favorite, one of my favorite styles of music is jazz for sure. Like I love to listen to stuff with no words because I don't, I don't like to be coached all the time and coerced into beliefs and, and, um speech patterns and none of that like i just like to have this free thought so i really like jazz you know with no words i like a lot of the the musical stuff rock is rock is huge to me uh asking alexandria that's a huge band to me that's influential because they're just so much different so there's like six for you i'll stop there Amy Winehouse came to thought too, just to throw her in there for honorable mentions. Yeah, man, you mentioned, so you mentioned, say like, yeah, Amy, Eminem, you look at artists, say, either struggling with addiction or, you know, have lost their lives to addiction or are in recovery. As an artist yourself, do you, do you find it, do you think it's important to share your story? If it's important to you. You know, like if you think that that's something you should be doing. So here's why I say that, because I'm not sharing that for attention. Like if I'm sharing that because if you hit me up, I'm probably going to be able to talk you off the ledge. 
So if you're not going to be able to take all the responsibility of being that guy, maybe not, you know, it's not just about a song, but some to some people it is. So I'm not sure. I guess uh, if it's important to you. Yeah. It's a great answer. Like that one. Thank you. What else do you, uh, I mean, so I guess a lot of your, probably your, uh, your therapy is in your writing and stuff like that. So non-music related, what would be some kind of self-love uh, you, lo- you like to do for yourself uh, or some therapy? You mentioned the gym. Do you have any uh, other stuff? Do you meditate? Do you meditate at all or what do you I got? I try to align my chakras, which is basically meditation. I don't get to do that all the time. I don't take warm showers or warm like baths or any of that, like unless I'm going to sleep. So like cold showers are very stressful. Like it just take, what else are you going to think about when you're freezing your ass off? You're just, so you're not worried about nothing. You're just cold, you know? So it, those, that's a big release for my stress. I, um, I aggressive, I aggressive inline skate. So rollerblading, uh, like grinding things and just jumping over things. And also I do like an urban style rollerblading, which is like a big wheel, like, far distance skating type of thing um so i'm really big into rollerblading that's that's one of my big releases and then um when the season goes out because it's it's usually cold here six months out of the year that's when i'll get back into my gym routine i'll start cutting or you know just building bulking up a little bit and you know uh so staying active is huge for me and then also just creating anything like uh from cutting vinyl to creating shirts or uh bleaching some bandanas some of my merch or uh, coming up with just anything dude i love creating i love it it's really fun for me that that's what keeps me keeps me sane yeah man, i saw some new new merch recently because i remember when we we're gonna have you on before i didn't remember seeing some of that, uh, that new stuff. And then I was doing some research for this and uh, I saw some new, some pretty sweet uh, merch you had out. Yeah, we have, I have merch on Facebook, um, but throttleoutlet.com is where most of my merch is. Also, I have a lifestyle brand called Throttle Clan. So, throt- which I was trying to find a shirt right before I jumped on, but I was already late. But Throttle Clan, let me grab this hat real quick, is a lifestyle brand for athletes. Uh, thrill seekers and adventurers so if you are jumping off cliffs or doing donuts in a in your your little nissan or (laughs) you know you're skating or you're um you're running a marathon any of that we're trying to sponsor and uh definitely definitely become a part of have you become a part of the family and and the lifestyle so that's a big thing for me that occupies my time and keeps me in positive, positive energy, man, because a lot of people don't have people out there, you know, running up to them with a 360 camera, like, Hey man, let me film you and let me put you on the internet and get you 7,000 views because I think you're awesome. You know, it's just a great wholesome energy and it's ground level right now. So everybody who's helping me with it is just doing it out of the kindness of their heart and out of the vibe of the whole positive movement like uh just to bring it back you kind of mentioned that you you messed up your like relationships with your family a, a bit when you were using um in the past say four years have you been able to 
kind of uh, work on those relationships? Absolutely. Um, and not to go down a negative route right away with this, but there's also shit that I now have to deal with that pre uh, the last stint that I had before that last stint, I didn't have to deal with like mass amounts of anxiety or like all this weird stuff that now I'm like, my behavior's off or, you know, I have like these controlling, like, you know, um, tendencies that I'm, I'm, I never had, I have, you know, there's, so there's a lot of weird stuff that comes along with repairing your relationships because you also have to repair your mind depending on what happened, depending on what was literally self-induced, you know? Uh, but yes, I really have been trying to make people more important and just show, show up for everybody, dude. And just be there when I have to be there and be there with a clear mind and a, and a, and a kind heart, you know, it's so crazy how selfish uh, you become throughout that time and, and the shit that you missed and the shit that you messed up. So Jake, what, what does the future look like for you? The future is looking excellent. Uh, not to plug the album, but the album is a humongous accolade in my personal journey finishing a body of work that actually came from my heart, came from my soul, that wasn't made from an egotistical place, that wasn't made from this arrogance and this self-entitled place, you know? Um, it was a humongous accolade in, in my journey. I get to I get to try and help people and I know that I can. Like I'm not just like I said, I really can reach out a hand and uh, and pull people out of a, a shitty space, even if it's for a day, man, you know? So I feel like the future is really all about helping more people and also having them help me grow because the message is only as big as, as I, I am. I have to be able to speak to a large audience so we can grow the message of, sobriety of of this uh i want to talk about self-esteem dude you know uh growing people's self-esteem growing people's you know just self-worth is so important i feel like that's literally where 90 percent of this addiction these addiction problems come from is people not feeling like they're worth enough to get off stuff to get an amount of money to make their life better, to buy a house, to have a nice car. They just don't feel worth it. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to telling more people that they're worth a damn. It's just on your last album. Uh, do, you, do you think like you're, you're, it's your, probably your best work because you're, you know, we're talking about being vulnerable and you're really, you know, putting yourself out there in your journey and, and uh, your vulnerability kind of goes. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that, dude. Um, vulnerability is a superpower. Just be yourself. If you don't know who you are, think about who you were when you were eight years old. <laughs> be that person. That is one of the most purest versions of you. That's what I basically did is I, and, and when you're a kid, you're vulnerable. When you're a kid, you don't know how to 
like have that guard up. You're you're just a kid. So being vulnerable only hurts you when people take your vulnerability and use it against you and you let that hurt you. That's the only time. I get a lot of flack when I talk about being extremely vulnerable because people talk about how other people use that against them. I'm not talking about letting everybody know your deepest, darkest secret and then they go tell everyone. I'm talking about letting your feelings be known and not bottling up all of your emotions to then blow up into an angry, unhealthy state. So be vulnerable. And that kind of, my last question for you would be if you, if there are listeners out there struggling, what advice do you have for them? Cut, (laughs) cut all, cut all that shit out, man. Cut out the people, cut out the places. This is like the most basic shit, right? But it's so true. If you don't give yourself this, I know how shitty the cycle is, dude. We just talked about how I literally would have 24 hours of normality, which let's be honest, dude, like there's no normality when you're using that much because it never gets out of you. You have to give it time to get out of your system. But that's what it is, dude. You got to cut, you got to cut out all the shit so you can give that, that shit time to get out of your system and give yourself time to get out of that cycle. So my, my advice is take a break and get away, cut that, cut that side of that, your life out, cut the darkness out of your life. Dave, do you have any more questions for Jake, buddy? Oh, and do you have any can? Do you have any uh, Canada dates planned? I uh, I Come wish. Um, <laughs> I did. I did hear that I could probably slide up there, but I have never tried. So okay. Uh, I know I do have like pretty extensive, pretty extensive rap sheet, but I've never heard anyone, and I don't have like any driving like drunk drivings or anything like that. So I don't know exactly what, you know, you guys got some shit going on. I don't fucking know, but I would try, dude. I would definitely try. I, I don't want anything from my past to hold me back. That's what we're here talking about right now. So I definitely would love to love to try and get up there. And maybe I will try now that you guys mentioned it, you know, maybe you just lit the wick. I sure hope you do. You got two fans from Canada right here. I appreciate you guys, man, for real. Yeah. And, uh, man, I think that's that's it from us. Do you have any uh, any questions for us? No, I don't. I don't have any questions at all, man. I, I really appreciate you guys um, wanting to spend a few minutes with me and, and talk with me. That's awesome. Yeah, man, we appreciate it a bunch. And uh, yeah, we're going to include all your info down below, guys. So make sure you check them out. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out and ask for help. Thank you so much for listening. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.